Chapter 15 of The Call of the Wildflower. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Olivia. The Call of the Wildflower by Henry Salt. Chapter 15 No Thoroughfare. Trespassers will be prosecuted. The subject of trespassing, mentioned in the preceding chapter, has a very close and personal interest for the adventurous flower-lover. For of all incentives to ignore the familiar notice-board with its hackneyed words of warning, none, perhaps, is more potent than the possibility that some rare and long-sought wildflower is to be found on the forbidden land. The appeal is one that no explorer can resist. If stout Cortez himself, when with eagle eyes he stared at the Pacific, had seen that ocean labelled as strictly private and preserved, could he have desisted from his quest? There is, moreover, a good deal to be said in extenuation of trespassing as a summer recreation, and if landlords go on, at their present rate, enclosing footpaths and excluding the public from green fields and hedgerows, trespassing will perhaps establish itself as one of our recognized national diversions. Hitherto, it must be confessed, it has remained to some extent in disrepute, doubtless through its being so largely indulged in by poachers and other evildoers, who have given a bad name to a practice which in itself is innocent and blameless enough. Most people, especially landlords and gamekeepers, have a fixed belief that a trespasser's purpose must be a lawless and mischievous one. Why so? Is it not possible that some trespassers may have other objects than to steal pheasants' eggs or snare rabbits? If huntsmen, when following the hounds, are permitted not only to trespass, but to damage crops and fences, why should the naturalist be molested when harmlessly following his own inclinations in choice of a country ramble? Is the pursuit of the fox a surer proof of honest intentions than the pursuit of natural history? It appears that some landowners think so. Trespassers will be prosecuted, say the notices that everywhere stare us in the face. Was there ever such a lying legend? Trespassers will not be prosecuted, for the sufficient reason that, in English law, trespassing is not an offense. Of course, if any injury be done to property, the owner can sue for damages, but a harmless trespasser can only be requested to depart, though if he be ill-advised enough to refuse to go, he may be forcibly ejected. We see, therefore, that the threatened prosecution of trespassers is in reality merely a brutum fulmen launched by landlords at a too credulous public, a pious fraud which has been far more efficacious than such kindred notices as Beware the Dog or Beware the Bull, though these, too, have done good service in their time. Trespassers will not be prosecuted, provided they do no sort of damage, and that if their presence is objected to, they politely retire. With these slight precautions and limitations, a trespasser may go where he will, and enjoy the study of nature in her most secluded and, strictly private, recesses. He thus himself becomes, in one sense, a lord of the soil, but his domain is far more extensive and unencumbered than that of any actual landlord. He enjoys all that is best in park, woodland, or mountain, and if he has warned off one estate, he can afford to smile at the prohibition, since many other regions are open to him, and he can confidently look forward to a visit to fresh woods and pastures new on the morrow. 
in the course of these rambles the trespasser will probably like ulysses have some curious experiences of men and of notice-boards it is very instructive to observe the various types of the landlord class and their different methods of treating the intruder whom they meet on their fields there is the indignant landlord who can scarcely conceal his wrath at the astounding audacity of one who is deliberately crossing his land without having come on business there is the despairing landlord who has been so broken by previous invasions that he is now content with a shrug of the shoulders and a remark that the place is quite private you know there is the courteous landlord who politely assumes that you have lost your way and naively offers to conduct you to the high road by the shortest cut and there is the mildly ironical who as in the case which i remember on a surrey hillside remarks as he passes you ah there goes my heather i have heard it said that one can sometimes divine the character of a landlord from the wording of his notice-boards and i believe from my own experiences that there is truth in the idea certainly the notice-board is the landlord's favorite method of defending the privacy of his estate and for obvious reasons for not only is it the least troublesome and expensive way of conveying the desired warning to would-be trespassers but the salutary fiction regarding the prosecution of offenders is thus publicly and permanently impressed on the agricultural mind there is not such uniformity in the wording of notice-boards as might be supposed of course by far the commonest form is the well-known no thoroughfare trespassers will be prosecuted as the law directs in which the unconscious irony contained in the last four words has always struck me as especially delightful to this is often added the words and all dogs shot in which the experienced trespasser will detect signs of a certain roughness and inhumanity of temperament on the part of the owner more original forms of expression are by no means uncommon sometimes the warning is emphasized by the bold statement indicating the possession by the landlord of humorous or imaginative faculties that police have orders to watch sometimes but more rarely the personal element is boldly introduced as in the assertion which might formerly be seen on a notice-board in one of the most beautiful valleys of the lake district this is my land trespassers etc in some cases the wording has evidently been left to the care of subordinates and hence results some curiosities of literary composition private beware of dogs is an instance of this kind in which the ambiguity of the allusion to dogs whether those of the landlord or the trespasser seems almost oracular in these and other ways a certain zest is lent to the excursions or rather the incursions of the trespasser which lifts them above the level of ordinary walking exercise in the case of wealthy landowners the duty of warning off the trespasser devolves on gamekeepers who being less emotional than their employers are a far less interesting study stolid and furry and apparently endowed with only the animal instincts of the victims whom they delight in tracking and trapping they are by far the least intelligent people whom the trespasser encounters they are in fact no better than breathing and walking notice-boards with the disadvantage that they cannot be so absolutely disregarded it is unwise to argue with them for reason is at a discount in such encounters and there is the possibility in some districts of their having recourse to personal violence in the knowledge that if the matter should come before local magistrates the keeper's word would be honored in preference to that of the trespasser there is a sanctity in the word preserve an experience of this sort actually befell a friend of mine 
who himself narrated it in print. A devoted botanist and nature lover, he was twice in the same day found trespassing by a gigantic gamekeeper who, on the second occasion, ended all parley in the manner described in the following mystical ballad, wherein the writer has ventured somewhat to idealize the circumstances, though the story is based on facts. Here it begins. Entitled Preserved A poet through a haunted wood roamed fearless and serene, nor flinched when on his path there stood a form in velveteen. Gaunt shape, come you alive or dead, my footsteps shall not swerve. You're trespassing, the vision said. This place is a preserve. How so? Is some dark secret here preserved, some tale of shame? The spectre scowled, but answered clear, What we preserve is game. Yet still the poet's heart was nerved with phantoms to dispute. Then tell me, why is game preserved? The goblin yelled, To shoot! But game that shot is game destroyed, not game preserved, I ween. It seemed such argument annoyed, that form in velveteen. For swift it gripped him as he spake, and making light the load, upheaved and flung him from the break into the king's high road. And as that bard, still arguing hard, high o'er the palings flew, he vows he heard this ghostly word, We're not preserving you. Long time he lay on that highway, dazed by so weird a fall, then rose and cried as home he hide, The Lord preserve us all. I have often thought it was an error on the part of the trespassing poet not to explain to his assailant that he was a botanist. For botanist, as I can testify, is a blessed word which has a soothing effect upon many of the most irascible landowners or their satellites. Personally, I never presume to call myself a botanist, except when I am found trespassing, on which occasions I have rarely known it to fail. I recall a Saturday afternoon when, as I was rambling in a Derbyshire dale with Bertram Lloyd and admiring the flowers, we were accosted by the owner in person, who inquired with a sort of suppressed fury whether we knew that we were on his estate. We said we were botanists, and the effect was magical. In less than a minute we were courteously permitted to go where we would and stay as long as we liked. For botany is regarded as a scientific study, and even sportsmen do not like to incur the reproach of being enemies to science. Their better feelings may be conveyed in a familiar Virgilian line. Non obtusa ad deo gestamus pectora pani. Not so obtuse of heart we Tyranians are. End of chapter 15 Recorded by Olivia